welcome to the Hunters Hub, a video game podcast born of the Monster Hunter Recording community. It's just one. Uh, showing off my posters again. Sorry, I have to. I love them. And uh, <laughs> joined by tonight, Sasha. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Good. I had a. I didn't have the kids today, so I I had a day of just gaming and. I think I watched a YouTube video and then I just gamed all day. So it was crazy. I haven't got to do that in a long time. And uh, Ace, how you doing? Doing good. Got done with work. Then went immediately. Well, not immediately. Then like half an hour later, went out and plowed because, well, not plowed, snow blew. Mm -hmm. Because we got a springtime snowstorm. I mean, last week... Last week we had like under a quarter inch of snow, but that's it. Like it's been a very snow light uh-huh. season for us this year. Yeah. The last couple of years it's been snow light in uh, right around Christmas time and then in springtime or what's supposed to be the start of springtime. It usually then snows. Last couple of years we've had covered in ice storms like and we didn't have that this year. So that was fortunate. What were we did earlier in the year? I don't remember. It happened so often, I'm getting it mixed up. Because, like, it used to be a pretty rare thing to see everything covered in, like, a half inch of ice, and then it's become, like, a yearly thing. So, I don't know. Yeah. I... <laughs> Yay. So snow at inappropriate times i mean march is not too bad for snow if we're in may and we're getting snow that's a problem i think but like yeah march even april april's late for it but yeah i mean we're just by the time march rolls around you're just ready for spring like you're just ready to be back in for at least for me for like 60 degree weather now that said when i went out today i was in shorts like it wasn't very cold here at all so Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't know. I've, Fair enough. I've been in shorts all day, but I've also been inside most of the day too. Like I said, gaming. So, um, so tonight was uh, was my night to to pick, and we were going to have a guest, which is an old high school buddy of mine. Uh, but he uh, he couldn't get his uh, setup to work very well, so we had to kibach up. But he did give me his answers for our topic, so I have some answers from him, uh, just some different perspective stuff. Um, but we are talking about the way I categorized it is more dinos. I want to see more dinosaurs in video games. So mm-hmm. uh, I kind of gave us a challenge of like put like dinos in video games in three different ways. Uh, and so the three different questions or not questions, but the three different ways uh, that I said. So for the so the audience knows is the first one. um a game series with dinos that we need more of. So one that we used to have, or, you know, that we just, or we do have, maybe we just want to see more of that series. Like let's say Jurassic world evolution, which isn't my pick, but you know, it's a, it's a decent series that has dinosaurs in it. Right. Well, if you want to call them dinosaurs, because they're genetically engineered frogs, according to most scientists these days. Um, and then, uh, and they don't have feathers. Most of the time, uh, the new, the newest in a lot of the Dominion has a lot of feathers on them. Dominion started putting a lot, mm-hmm. a lot more scientifically accurate stuff on there. Of course, they had the old T Rex there too, because it's 
yeah. still the same old T-Rex from Jurassic Park 1 half the time. So, um, uh, so uh, number uh, so that was the first one. The second one uh, question that that I had on here is a new game idea using dinosaurs, uh, which uh, that one was easy for me. Like I, I immediately knew what I wanted to do for that. Um, and then number three, which is the one that I stumped myself when I had to like three days of like serious thinking on it as an existing game or series that would benefit from adding dinosaurs to it. Um, which was kind of like, Oh, wouldn't that be cool? When I was thinking of the ideas, I was like, wait, what, what about this? What about this? So like I did all three. Um, it was kind of funny. Cause I was at, out at Applebee's with my, my dad and my brother and they were like, what are you doing? He's like, hold on. I just had a great idea for the podcast. <laughs> so I was typing it out. But then I never answered my own question until today, but I have an answer now. And, um, my friend who couldn't make it, he just sent me over his answers just, just so he could get the answers out there as well. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so that's what we're going to be doing tonight. Um, and then I have some game stuff that I wanted to talk about because I've been gaming a lot. (laughs) Hey, who figures? And, uh, so yeah. Um, so, so who wants to start off tonight? I get, I guess I can if it, if you want, because it, it was my topic. So, um, I mean, I could start, I suppose. Sure, go ahead, Ace. So, our first question uh, to to summarize uh, a game with dinosaurs we need more of. So, what what is that game? Uh, that game would be one of the most obvious options. I would, I would think is we need an actual Jurassic Park game. Like either a first person or a third person game that So not a park either... builder? Nope. Okay. An actual like survival horror. First or third person survival horror okay. style game that either like more closely follows the books because the books are far more frightening and graphic than the movie or um like follows the movies so we like need another Jurassic is off from the movies so we need another game in a line of the SNES Jurassic Park game where it more followed the movies mm-hmm. now would you want to be like where... a kid or like a scientist who cannot really I was, combat I was gonna get into themselves. that I think it should I think it should definitely have multiple care character options and you sort of play through their storyline and so play through their some perspective people make it out campaign. some people don't mm-hmm. their side of the story kind of like uh last of us i'm seeing here because hmm. you play through ellie's perspective and joel's perspective and then you play through other mm-hmm. okay okay um from the little bit that I played of it, I guess my idea would sort of be similar to uh, Battlefield One. Because were they the little were, bit that I played of where they were doing the different individual soldiers and the different parts of the battle. Yeah, in yeah. World War One, and every time you, yeah. you die, you go to a different soldier. So did you ever? Uh, did you ever play the series Medal for Honor, Medal of Honor? It was like a big war. Yes. I have not. So Medal of Honor is specifically what you're talking about. You are specifically playing the stories of Medal of Honor uh, uh, recipients in World War II. Um, Yeah. So 
I think it'd be pretty cool to either have it be based in the movie mm-hmm. or like based in the movies and like you follow characters before, during, and after, assuming they make it after. Okay. So like for example, you could play as uh Mr. uh Mr. Macho Man, clever girl, up to his death in the movie. Oh. I forget his name. You're but you're talking you about the uh the hunter guy. He was the one of the security yeah. guys in the original Jurassic Park, yeah. And, yeah, and so like theoretically you could play play through or like have a cinematic scene of uh the initial raptor killing the uh paddock worker when they're moving them into the exhibits and whatnot. Yeah. So I think it would be co- kind of cool to explore that and sort of have it um, similar to what we saw in uh, the first Jurassic World, where, like, you could also get the perspective of, like, the kids trying to survive through mm-hmm. the park just going to shit and people being killed. Okay. Okay. So I, I would consider that a continuation of just the Jurassic Park video games that before they were park builders. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I actually quite enjoy the park builders quite a bit. So that would be, I could see them doing well with this too. But the last time they did something along those lines was like the, the Genesis and the SNES version. It was the last time they followed the movie to the key. And that was like Jurassic park one. So, okay. All right. Uh, Sasha, do you want to go next? Or you want to have me go? Cause I'm going for two people. I have two people's my answer and Eric's answers. I'll, I'll go next. Okay. Um, mine is Dino Crisis. Of course, and I would yes. really love to see it get the Resident Evil treatment. Um, with like actually mm-hmm. remake those titles. Now, and which, then which Dino Crisis going. are we talking about? Because one, two, and three are entirely different animals. I. So I was like very, very young when those games came out, and I just have memories of watching my um, watching my uncle and my aunt play it on mm-hmm. Dreamcast. So I want to say probably I, one. I don't I don't even know which one it is, but was it the in more mind, straight up Resident Evil one where you're like it yeah, was survival? Yeah, it was like horror. Resident Evil. Yeah. yeah, that is that is number one. Number two becomes more of an arcadey Resident Evil style because you got points for killing the dinosaurs and use the points to upgrade your gear, which was really fun for me. So it was like House of the Dead, but in a Resident Evil style of gameplay. Which was... I would also play that. Which was really fun. Like two is my favorite one. And three was just like sort of like your modern third person story action game. Like, you know, Gears of War or something at that time. Well, I want to see them all get a facelift on current gen i just got my husband resident evil 4 and the last time that i saw resident evil 4 it was on the wii yep i am going to be getting that remake as well at some point i will probably be playing that before i play the dead space remake i'm sorry ace i have experience with 4 not not (laughs) dead space it's just so impressive to see the the upgrade like i feel like and I know you guys are Nintendo people, but it just doesn't matter how scary a game wants to be. I can't take Nintendo graphics seriously. I'll have you know, Resident Evil 4 started as a GameCube exclusive. Well, it just wasn't very scary. 
how do you okay hold on how do you make a statement like that if you haven't played stuff like eternal darkness I'm not talking about Eternal Darkness. I'm talking about Resident Evil, Resident Evil 4 on Nintendo Wii versus Resident Evil 4 on the PlayStation 5. Okay. Well, okay. They're, they're different. The older ones on all systems were very campy and, and that kind of stuff. But I don't it's know about the It's not even new just one. the campiness. It's like the colors. Like everything is... It, it is not... It doesn't give that survival horror aesthetic to me. Like, I don't feel scared watching a Nintendo game, sure. watching Resident Evil in Nintendo. Sure, but 4 at that time, I don't think was intended to be as scary. That's where they started pulling away to more action in is 4. Now, I don't know if they pulled back to a little bit more of the survival horror in this remake. I don't know. I haven't played it yet, but... It's pretty, it's pretty action-y. I mean, there's... Still got but Chainsaw it, Man, Chainsaw Paper Bag, Face Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. All that's there, but the whole aesthetic is darker, grittier. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a lot more modern graphics. You just feel like, like you're going to get totally tetanus. Remade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get tetanus from playing this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I just want to see Dino Crisis get the same treatment. Sure. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I mean, Dino Crisis is the one where you get your arm taken off and you could just go on as one armed uh, character because the raptor tore it off. What is her name? What was the uh, protagonist's name in Dino Crisis? I don't remember. Oh, gosh. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I was going to say. Because my brain keeps saying a Resident Evil character's name. Yeah, I don't know. I keep thinking Chris, but that's the guy from Resident Evil 1. Regina. Regina. There you go. Yeah, that's it. Regina. Okay. With that red hair. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dino Crisis. Okay. Um, so, I'll start off. I'll lead off with uh, with Eric's answers, and then I'll go into mine. So, Eric was going to answer... Uh, Primal Rage, which is something that I love, so I'm happy he said that because I that was one I was considering. Primal Rage is just an old arcade fighting game. Uh, it had sort of dinosaurs; they were like super dinosaurs. So you had uh, Sau- Sauron, like Lord of the Rings Sauron, who was this giant. Uh, they were all essentially gods of of nature. Um, so Sauron was the God of hunger who was a giant T-Rex and wanted to eat the whole world. Uh, then you had Diablo okay. who was a giant volcanic fire T-Rex who wanted to burn the whole world. So they were sort of like the evil gods. Uh, you had uh vertigo who was the goddess of magic, who was like this two, like they're all like Godzilla monsters too. Like they're straight up Godzilla sized dinosaur like things she was like like a two-legged cobra like she was like a dinosaur model with like a cobra head and she could hypnotize you and she had like a super long tail she would whip you with uh you had talon who was like the one good dinosaur god uh who was just like he was the smallest but he was a raptor he was just like a, a giant striped tiger raptor uh with some white feathers and then you had Armadon, which was like all of the herbivore dinosaurs mixed into one. 
He had like a Styracosaurus, like shield, Triceratops horns. He had an Ankylosaurus back. He had a Stegosaurus tail. He like, he was just, he was just so a... What, what do you do in this game? It's a fighting game. It's a straight up just one on one fighting game, like Mortal Kombat. And you just, whoever won the tournament won the world. And they, they did that. So those were the four dinosaur ones. And then you had the two monkeys, Chaos, which was like a, uh, Ace, you'll know this one. It's essentially Kangalala before Kangalala existed. He was a giant pink monkey who farted, burped, and puked everywhere. And they had Blizzard, who is essentially a Blanganga, which was an ice monkey. He did ice power stuff. Okay. So I don't know if Monster Hunter was inspired by those games because they predate Monster Hunter by a, quite a bit. But. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that was, uh, that was Primal Rage. It was an old arcade game. It came to SNES and Genesis, uh, back in those times. I love Primal Rage. Actually, I could get a Primal Rage poster. Anyways, um, maybe. I don't think they have one. But, um, so my answer, uh, my answer was going to be, I want Turok back. Like, no one has, we've not had a Turok Mm -hmm. since the Xbox 360. 360, 360 reboot? I think. Yeah. yeah. I was in high school, I think, when that happened. And that's been a long time. That's like I need Turok. I need I need I need Turok back in the video game space. Um supposedly mm-hmm. Night Dive picked up the license, but they only did that to remake the Turok games, which they did and they did very well, but I want a new Turok. I you reboot it again something just make it make a straight sequel and just forget about rebooting it i don't care i want turok also mm-hmm. i wore this shirt today it says tomorrow will probably be better this is the stegosaurus during the apocalypse i thought you would i i mean i had to had to fit the theme is that on my turok shirt yeah so Turok, because that's my favorite dinosaur guy. Did you play the one that came out? You've talked about it before. Did you play the the one for 360? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I played that one. I liked it. It wasn't the same, but I liked it. So what do you want to see continue, and what do you you not want to see continue? Because that was not a very popular game. I will say I would like to see Ron Perlman continue because he was a very big voice actor in that game. Uh, I would like to see that one. He's I don't have a lot of problems with that one because that one was just more of like they they the problem was it was trying to be a Gears of War with dinosaurs, like it was just trying to follow the popular trend of game design at the time, and it obviously wasn't as good as Gears of War or a game of the ilk. So people just kind of dunked on it um it was a little repetitive in level design eventually but overall it did what it was supposed to do just you are on a dinosaur planet and you are trying to escape i would like to see a more traditional turok story where you're not in a dinosaur planet it is the hollow earth theory essentially where you're transported to like journey to the center of the earth kind of thing and turok a lot of times is trying to make his way back to his tribe because he's fallen through. Uh, that's, that's what happens in the comics. Um, 
the original video games get really trippy and start talking about space aliens and protectors of the universe and stuff. And, um, they go all sorts of places, uh, especially, I mean, you really start to see that in Turok too. When you're, you're like on the alien mothership and stuff. So, uh, maybe less of the sci-fi approach and just stick with the dinosaurs. But I mean, it's also cool to see laser dinosaurs. Like I'm not going to lie. Like T-Rex with a laser eye was pretty good. There's a reason why that. See, that's just, that's just reminding me of the uh, tunnels book series. I read mm. in uh, high school. Okay. This is, it basically has that same concept. Well, you don't know that at first, but it basically has that same concept of, hollow earth theory Mm -hmm. it starts out small and then it develops to that and then it develops past that into earth is a spaceship essentially (laughs) okay and they have to by the end yeah and they have to uh go underground into underground settlements they found to uh survive as the earth travels through the uh void of space away out of our solar system, I think it was. Okay. All right. Spoilers. But very interesting series. Okay. If you have time and you're interested. I might be. Definitely give that a give that a look and a, a read. I, uh, there's a uh, there's a local woman who wrote a book about the murders that happen here, or the disappearances, I should say, that happen here in Chillicothe. That that's my next read that I'm doing. Hmm. It's fictional. Um, but it's about the real life. It's based on the real life people who disappeared here in Chillicothe like 10 years ago. So I guess, I don't know. All those true crime people know about it. I don't, but I mean, here in green Bay, we've got true crime stuff just unfolding by the daily. That sucks. Um, we have a, uh, lady who was just found competent. Dan Trial, who was very clearly trying to get the insanity plea. Oh. Um, he even tried, well, she attacked her uh, legal counsel at the time, her lawyer, and that didn't work out. Oh. Uh, but she had uh, claimed that she had no memory of what happened because she allegedly blacked out while on meth Mm. and while on meth um, killed and dismembered and beheaded her boyfriend or fun i think it was boyfriend yeah and there were other elements involved and it was very disturbing i had only initially even though I think the report was from over a year ago, I had only ever remembered or seen reported the beheading thing. That was the main thing. There's a a lot of other stuff to it as well, like the dismemberment, which I hadn't heard about. Yeah. And I'm like, yikes. Yeah. I, uh, I heard about the disappearances like on a YouTube channel one time and I was like, wait, that wasn't chill coffee. Heck yeah, it was. Um, just, I think it was five women who disappeared within a year. They were just gone, mm. or two, year or two. So, someone wrote a book about it and fictionalized it into a thing, uh, and that's the next one I'm probably going to be reading. So, 
back to the topic at hand. Uh, so Turok was my returning series, and Primal Rage was uh, Eric's, who couldn't be here. Sasha, you had Dino Crisis and Ace. You want a more traditional Jurassic Park. We're going to say along the SNES series, but modern. And more survival horror. Definitely oh, they a, were uh, definitely survival. They, mature game. They were definitely they were not mature, but they were definitely like you are not friends with the dinosaurs. You are running away from them. That the raptors and the T Rex attack. Like it wasn't very in depth because it was a SNES game. But you know you were oh, no. you were doing what the movie was fully, doing, running away. <laughs> fully, fully want disembowelments. Arms and legs ripped off. Throats ripped out. Okay. That kind of thing. Well, okay. Sure. All right. So uh, a new game idea using dinosaurs. Ace, what do you got for us on that one? Um, I couldn't really think of one. Um, I mean, you literally solidly. just did the Jurassic Park one, but okay. <laughs> Which is why I was going to say, so I sort of copped out and did like a two for one of like, uh-huh have a survival horror dinosaur game mm-hmm. you could sort of do it in the vein of like uh the 2004 i think it was 2004 um king kong movie mm-hmm. where like you're adventuring to a remote island for some reason it could be like to search for treasure or to seek out like an old civilization or you know something like that and then there happen to be dinosaurs and then the rest of the game is you trying to either survive or escape the island. Mm-hmm. That type of thing. Okay. I mean, you could also include the the horrifying chasm of insects and giant leeches, too, that that movie has. Yep. I'm sure there are plenty of people that won't rewatch the 2004 Kong movie because of that scene. Yeah, because of the bug scene. Yeah, I remember watching that in theaters being like, oh, no. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> when the bug was, like, I mean, closing in on his head. Just the just the bugs by themselves are, you know, nothing but the giant, like, leechy things that can just, like, fully envelop your arm and your head and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Problem was, you would die of suffocation more than anything from that. And that was the weird part. Cause they, yeah. they didn't have the bite power to remove anything. They were just like attached to you and digesting you. If especially with your arm, mm-hmm. that would just be painful. Like, yeah, it was, it was rough. It was a rough thing to think about. <laughs> well, I mean, thank you. Peter Jackson. They would have more inset rows of teeth, like a lamprey. Yeah. yeah so yeah. theoretically they're, they're just puncturing him and uh, drinking all his blood. Great. Which is even worse. It's, I think. Uh, <laughs> not any better. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So, so you would describe that as sort of like a survival horror escape game then? Yeah. Okay. I mean, escape. There's plenty of ways to do survival horror doesn't necessarily have to be an escape game okay all right but all right sasha sasha would you come up with uh for for a uh Uh, dinosaur game mine's a little little cutesy 
Um, okay. I'm here for this. So I'm thinking like Dinosaur Valley, like Stardew Valley, but you've got like a little farm and you've got a dinosaur oh. and you've got to take care of it. You grow certain like crops that make your dinosaur very healthy and happy and you train and teach it tricks and stuff. Or maybe you turn it into like a, a hunting dinosaur and you do a totally different type of aspect. Like you're not farming and building up stuff, but you're hunting and gathering and exploring and okay, crafting things. But I was basically picturing like a, a Tamagotchi with Stardew Valley mixed together. I like it. You, you kind of get that a little bit in Stardew Valley with like when you get the animals and stuff, you got to do stuff for them and, things but it's a very small part of that game but making it a, a bigger part i think that's cool yeah Your little that's pet, what i was thinking cute, cute little i mean you can't not call it the great valley though right like if it's a dinosaur I... one yeah i guess <laughs> do, do you know what i'm talking about no you don't ah there's a whole thing in littlefoot the look i don't i didn't like that traumatic shit as a kid my brother watched it all the time i watched it like one time and it was enough. it's the great valley <laughs> yeah it was the big place that they were trying to get to you in uh, land before time <laughs> i'm so i was so good on that after one time <laughs> mother well well you'll that be still gets pleased me. to know there's like 40 extra land before time movies and i'm pretty sure none of them are as traumatic as that first one 14 I, there are 14 yeah, my brother movies. watched watched all that stuff all the time growing up and i just go do something else i read was a, a book very big fan of land <laughs> didn't want to take the chance no. very big fan of land before time in fact i still have on my phone right now the uh diana ross song that she did for that movie I'm not gonna pull. I'm not gonna make it play it on the stream, but because uh, that that will get copyright claimed right away if we ever do anything with it. <laughs> but um, that is that's also a very sad movie in general. I don't know if you know about the story behind that one, Sasha. But Diana, about the, the the voice actress, yeah, the little girl, yeah, I do know that, yeah. Which is very sad. I'm trying to find it. And then I remember the uh, other dinosaur movie from young days. Uh, We're back. Mm -hmm. Do you guys yeah. remember that one? I Turn sure back do. the rock. Turn back the rock. Sorry. Yeah, it was the song <laughs> from it. Uh, <laughs> Turn back the clock. Yeah, that was, uh, I think John Goodman voiced the T-Rex on that one. I think think so uh, i have to imdb it yep yeah yeah we're back was a good although the weird the weird uh i don't know that pterodactyl gave way too many bedroom eyes to people that was very weird i like that movie yep. john goodman yeah that's what i thought yeah amazing actor um jay leno voiced vorb vorb that's the Vorb is the uh, Triceratops. Uh -huh. 
That's hilarious. Oh, I did not know that. But yeah, there was the pterodactyl seductress, which was very weird to me. I was like, why are you trying to get all cozy with the T-Rex? You're a pterodactyl. He, he eats you. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it was very weird for me as a kid. Um, so, uh, okay. So the Stardew Valley, we'll, we'll avoid the Great Valley since you don't like, you don't like that movie as much. Um, so the Stardew Valley dinosaur game. Okay. Um, so the one that Eric suggested, which was something that I actually would find kind of fun is imagine a Dark Souls game where you're just a caveman stuck in a dinosaur world. There you go. That's it. You're not getting souls. You're getting meat. Uh, and you're just running through lighting campfires, trying to get through this dinosaur game. You got, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I like its simplicity. Honestly, it just like, no dark souls with dinosaurs. I'm like, okay, cool. Just, I'm into it. What's the, what's the class that starts with nothing? Like no armor, no weapons. The depraved, I think is what it's called. The, there it is. Yeah. So you just. You're like just you start as depraved. You are just in, the depraved. Uh, yeah. In Bloodborne, I think it's called Waste of Skin. Waste of Skin. Beautiful. Yeah. There's there's a name for it in Elden Ring, too, that's different, but I don't know it. I don't know. But yeah, you're just a caveman. See. See. Because I was thinking of, of uh, what the class would be, and I, I was thinking... Uh, just like sort of the pre pre human ape men mm -hmm. from like uh, two thousand one, a space odyssey, <laughs> and then my mind went to the uh, the pre pre man hot dog finger ape men from uh, everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, <laughs> and then I was I was I was like yes. CC is yes. is obsessed. Let's do this with the hot dog finger people. Like she talks about that all the time since she watched that movie with me. She loved it. And I'm surprised she loved it, you know, being I as young as she idea. was. Hot dog finger people. So uh so so Dark Souls uh with dinosaurs was uh Eric's idea. My idea is uh I'm surprised kind of not but kind of surprised that no one took the dinosaurs perspective on this. So I would like a game where you're through the playing. It's like, it's a tactical strategy RPG, right? So like final fantasy tactics, that kind of thing, but you are managing a herd of dinosaurs in like a roguelike scenario. So like you're either a herd of triceratops or sauropods or whatever. And depending on which, and, and I want the ability to be able to pick like this run, I'm going to do the Triceratops. This run, I'm going to do the Ankylosaurus. Or this, like, so various, like, dinosaur types where you have to travel in as a herd. And essentially, you're moving to greener pastures, sort of like what, what Land Before Time does. They have to get to a, the, the area is dying out, so they have to migrate or, or something. And if you pick a predator, like, you would have to follow the herd, sort of like an almost like an Oregon trail kind of deal where you like, you are managing a herd, but you're actually doing combat in strategy RPG fighting off the, the 
carnivores gathering food for the herbivores, that kind of stuff. So like that was kind of the stretch that that I took uh, with with this one. But I definitely wanted to be a strategy one. Did you guys? Um, this was before we did bickering bucks. We had a side quest uh, called the uh, was it was something chalice. It's not ever flowing chalice. I think that's a magic card. Oh my gosh! There's some game that's like something chalice, massive chalice. There you go. Have you guys ever seen that? Heard of it, but not played it. That's a strategy game, but like, it's got some interesting mechanics where your your units age, as well. So you have to worry about managing your units' age and stuff, because they're gonna die from getting too old. Because the the campaign takes a you know place over hundreds of years, so stuff like that where you're just managing also things. So like you have to worry about like where are the young, where are the old, that kind of stuff too. Like. Like maybe not non-combatants, but ones that are certainly not good at combating because of their age and and whatnot, um, that kind of thing. So like that's that kind of mechanic was something that I thought about as well. So like if you're a Triceratops herd, obviously you are circling up around the week in a fight scenario or whatever, and uh, or you know the sauropods are like, well, sorry, you were too slow. We're just big enough; they can't hurt us. So let's just keep going. But like also your amount of units and stuff would be different. So if like if you're like a, you're playing like, let's say, a hadrosaur, you'd have like so many different units to deal with. But if you're playing like another like sauropods, you got like maybe five units because like you're so much larger and so much tankier and stuff like. So I was like, I thought put a lot of thought into like the mechanics of like, what would you do and what would you be doing and like. And make it a roguelike where you can just do a run. Can we get through this time? What are the different scenarios? And make it random scenarios and random battles and whatnot. You know, and do that kind of thing. But it's like, hey, how do you cross the river? Right? Like, you want to try to take this bridge? Do you want to? <laughs> do you want to just think, walk across? You think of other stuff too, like like food availability, water as you're traveling. Like, oh yeah, as yeah. Well as I, trying to defend it and avoid predators. No, That'd yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, hey, do you stop here to feed? Because, you know, you'd have a chance of being attacked to get, you know, to take a break right now. And That is a mechanic right now that is really annoying in Death Road to Canada because you'll be like, like my last game, I had so much fuel, but I had no food constantly. And every mm. time I'd stop somewhere that had food, there would be like way too many zombies for me to actually be able to defend myself. And I didn't have enough supplies to be able to defend myself, but I need to stop there to get the food. And I, I'm not going to survive mm. if I keep going. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, that would along those lines is what, is what I was thinking for my game. But I, you know, me being me, of course I chose the perspective of the dinosaur. You get to play as the dinosaurs versus playing against them. Which I think is most of the time what happens. So, so, uh, so the last question is the one that I found extremely hard. So hopefully you guys had a better answer. Um, so an existing series or game that would benefit from adding dinosaurs. Ace, what was uh, what was your answer for that? Uh, I'll get to that in a second. But first, going back to our previous conversation. Okay. Uh, I found out where 36 of my dollars may be going in the future. Uh, A24, their shop, 
sells hot dog finger gloves. So, okay, I might just <laughs> might just be irresponsibly throwing away money at some point. We'll see. That's funny. Maybe not. Probably not. I got to be responsible. I bet you those sales got boosted because of that movie. I bet you people are like, Eventually. I-, I want hot dog finger gloves. And Oscar Mayer is like, we got you. <laughs> we got you and your uh, weird shit. But my uh, answer sort of got stolen by your friend's idea of Dark Souls? a Soulsborne game adding in dinosaurs well especially with uh elden ring having a uh, horse mount added to the game i think it'd be interesting to have a souls game where not only can you have like a dinosaur as a mount you could also potentially have them as an aid in combat okay but that is a bit different because being the caveman versus the dinosaurs is very them versus you but them being an ally is a bit different mm-hmm. yeah and i think that would also benefit because Soulsborne games are notoriously hard Mm -hmm. and there are people out there who don't have internet connections so it would help to not have to rely on outside help if you already have a uh, partner in the game that can help you out right okay well you have the bells in Elden Ring the summons yeah. So, just taught them. Okay. To always use the mimic summon. It just was another copy of me, mm. which was really fun. Um, yeah. Okay. So, some Souls-like game having uh, dinosaurs added in that as allies specifically. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in Elden Ring, they had friggin' giant crab slash lobsters that would. Crab slap the shit out of you, as Dan Avanan put it. Oh yeah, the Game Grumps play through. They're giant. So water sprays too. Those were annoying. Those were very dangerous <laughs> at the beginning of the game. Um, so Sasha, what was your addition uh, of Dinos? I have been playing a ton of The Sims, so I thought of a couple of different ways that dinosaurs could be included in The Sims, and I think it would be really cool. Okay. So, right now in The Sims, you have vampires, aliens, mermaids, werewolves, like, all kinds of su- witches, supernatural shit. Sure. So, I feel like this could just be a thing. Okay. So, mm-hmm. one of the DLCs in The Sims is Get to Work. So, they opened up three new career paths that you can actually, like, go to work with your Sim and... And like do the job, and it's not just like they the have a job. Forward super fast while they're at, at they're at work. Mm-hmm. So I think having the option of there being like an archaeologist career would be really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And finding like you know dinosaur stuff, but within the scientist career, which is one of the options, and get to work. I have. I'm a I'm a level ten now, like max career, and I have made cloning devices. I have made a device that lets me open a wormhole. I am building a rocket ship. I I have been abducted by aliens three times. 
So I feel like we could work in Something dinosaurs not. by either the Pokemon thing, you know, like replicating a yeah. an archaeologist's fossil um, mm-hmm. or opening up maybe a wormhole and time traveling. Okay. Yeah. Um, or just having like it be like a little pet, just like the pets DLC. Okay. It, like just be like a little tiny version of a dinosaur. Ooh. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of options and little, it would be really fun. A little copy. Little yeah. Compsignathus. So instead of like a little dog in his little dog house, I've got like a little tiny, little tiny herbivore dinosaur and I can plant stuff in the backyard and he's got like a little, little dinosaur bed. Be cute. Okay. All right. I like it. Um, so uh, Eric's answer for the inexisting series, apparently it's already been done, but he wants it back, was Fortnite had raptors for a time. So you'd be playing in uh, Fortnite and you would just get attacked by raptors. They were just roaming raptor packs, and he wants that back. I can't speak much to that. I didn't play Fortnite at that time. I played it very sparingly, um, although I did play it last night with friends, but it was just normal kill people kind of stuff. We we play in no build mode now. I guess you can not build buildings in Fortnite now, which is why I didn't like it because I was like, yeah, I don't want to have to think about building while trying to shoot people. I'd just rather just shoot people. So that's what we do. But yeah, apparently there was Raptors in Fortnite at one point and he wants his back, uh, which sounds cool. I didn't play during that season or whatever that mechanic was. So I've got no context of what that means. Um, other than they were raptors, so sounds fun. Um, for me, Sasha, you might like this one. Uh, have you guys seen the show called Terra Nova? No. It only ran for one season, I, so I'm not surprised. I think I watched one or two episodes, yes. So... Isn't that like they are like space travelers or something like that. And they crash on a planet that has no. So, so Terra Nova is earth is fucked. We, we screwed it up. Right. So they find a way to travel back in time, but it's a one way trip. That's what it was. So, okay. Yeah. They, but they figure it when they figure it out, it only goes back to one time period, which is the Cretaceous. Like, they can't pick, like, the 1980s or anything convenient. It's like, you know, like, we're going back to the Cretaceous, so I, you might have to deal with a world-ending meteor at some point. But, essentially, the world's clean, and it's not polluted, so humanity gets to try again. So there's this program of sending people back to the Cretaceous, and it's called Terra Nova. I want a... It is a little bit of a stretch of putting that in an existing series... But I think it would work really well a Mass Effect game with Terra Nova. So like a Terra Nova DLC. Because what, what what you end up having is you have a community of people that was very political and you had to navigate a lot of getting people on your side, this kind of thing. You just described Andromeda. Like But dinosaurs. <laughs> That's what Andromeda is. They have to rebuild society and terraform worlds so that Earth can ha- Earth people can have another chance, and all the other like 
alien races are there to support them, but it's really all about the humans. Okay. Sure, but it's dinosaurs. It liter- Terra Nova literally is just dinosaurs. They're in the Cretaceous period. Yeah, there's like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure you fight some dinosaur-looking things on one of the planets in Andromeda. Say, I didn't play Andromeda that much. I played well, through the beginning. I say you need to give it another chance. You just asked for it. <laughs> you just asked for Andromeda. Uh, but it's not. Uh, but I like real dinosaurs. <laughs> you guys do need to see the show, though, at some point. It's not It's not the greatest, but I do like it a lot. It's, so is it like a more adult version of Land of the Lost? Maybe. Um I almost put it on par with something like Eureka without the humor. Okay. That's sort of like Eureka either. Uh it's it's about a community more so than the individuals. You, there is a main character that you are following, but he is very much there for the community kind of thing. There's a bit of mystery of figuring out some things, but it's really more about how do we as a people survive in this time in this community and stay safe kind of deal. Um, So that was kind of my idea. I had an alternate idea if you would like to hear that, but that one wasn't wasn't as fleshed out because because it doesn't make any sense and it's never going to happen. And I'm not sure I'd want it to happen, but it, again, this would be like a a what if DLC sort of like uh, you know there was like the the offshoot of Far Cry Three Blood Dragon sort of along those lines like hey let's take this game this is a separate thing not part of the main game has no bearing on the real story or anything a more primal slash dinosaur version of Diablo where a lot of the skills are replaced with dinosaur-like things. So, like, if you think about specifically something like the druid, like the druid summons a bear, summons the wolves, that kind of thing, and has shape-shifting would turn into a werewolf or a werebear or that kind of thing, the druid would be dinosaur shapes and dinosaur companions and that and kind of thing. the hunter would have a dinosaur companion. That would be cool. Yes, so like more like a primal DLC where you're fighting dinosaurs with dinosaurs. And of course, instead of raising skeletons, you're raising dinosaur skeletons and zombies with the necromancer and that kind of thing. It's like that kind of thing. Um, I would I would play that. That would be cool. Sort of like I was just trying to think like what would be cool of like an ARPG with dinosaur stuff. Like, well, obviously the dinosaurs helping you kind of like what Ace was saying, except dark souls with the ARPG is my spin. Um, so like, you know, skeletal little ankylosaur is your little tank. And, uh, you'll, you know, the skeleton golem is like, uh, a thing for bone golem. I should say, actually the thing for necromancers. So your little bone golem is now just dinosaur bones and stuff like that. That was that was my alternate idea. It just wasn't as fleshed out because it was just like, hey, it, it's got to be a side thing because I don't I don't want that stuff in the main story of Diablo. It's not about dinosaurs, but you know, I I could handle it being like a a DLC or like a fan 
project thing. So that's why I came up with Mass Effect because Ter- I was thinking about watching Terra Nova and Terra Nova is very much a, hey, we're in a space colony kind of situation and managing people and that kind of stuff. It was like Terra Nova for Mass Effect. It's easy. Andromeda for Mass Effect. <laughs> well, I want it to be Terra Nova. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. So yeah, that was this kind of the idea tonight. Um, I do have some other games I've been playing and I, I want to talk about quite a bit. Uh, if you guys don't mind, you get, yes, I know you've been playing, um, Sims. I also saw you're playing the, uh, the one you'd mentioned earlier, the, the route death road to Canada. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Um, cause that's what Ripley likes to play. So. Yes. But uh, in The Sims, um, insane developments. Mm-hmm. My Sim got pregnant with a celebrity Sims baby, uh, <laughs> a married celebrity Sims baby. Oh, very scandalous! No. Um, while they were on a secret island getaway where there were no paparazzi, but it happened to also fall on the week of Christmas, and. My person being in her third trimester had an affair with Father Christmas. Oh. Yeah. Which I didn't know you could do. So now Santa's I have a, a ghost cheater. boyfriend. Yeah. Well, Santa's not married. Um just the just the celebrity that she's been dating. So I have a ghost oh. boyfriend and I and Father Christmas is my boyfriend. And then oh this celebrity goodness. guy is, and then, um, so I had the baby and then I really just, I couldn't, couldn't do the whole, let's take care of the baby thing in the Sims. So I managed the world and I moved the baby into the celebrity man's home and I took $30,000 from him instead. So it was like surrogacy and it's not <laughs> her baby anymore. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so that's what All I've right. been doing in The Sims. That is that is amazing. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I I might have to look into The Sims game, you know, funny stories like that. <laughs> I've so I'll ne- let you know. Let you know next week what's going on. <laughs> I've never actually played Sims, to be honest. I've played around in it a bit but never actually sat down and played a game so we'll see that 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 story right there makes me a little intrigued because it's just so bonkers i don't even have any mods like that's the part that is <laughs> crazy to me is that i've been playing the playing vanilla sims like that <laughs> that is that is different that is so, uh, so uh, I have two games that I'm going to talk about today in depth, and I, I just I got to talk about it to someone. Part of the reason why I have a have podcast so I can talk about the games when I get really inspired. So I had a lot of time to play. You know, I was really excited about Octopath Traveler two this year. I talked about it several times, the upcoming games, and when I talked about Octopath Traveler one a bunch. So. It came out during the move, of course. So, like, I, I, I didn't get a lot of time with it. And I finally got to sit down with it. And I will say, for your context, Sasha, and I, Ace, I don't know if you're familiar with Octopath as much. Um, 
really know. Essentially, I haven't picked it up yet. They are eight separate stories that are played in this JRPG style of a game where you just each character has four chapters of their own story and then you're kind of done, but you level up through turn taking mm-hmm. battles and I won't get into the mechanics of the battles. It's not super important for what I'm going to be talking about today, but essentially you have eight characters. They all have their own stories that they're going through and they are not connected to the, any other character stories. They're just there to help you do the battles when you're in the battles and each person is their own class and they do like, you got your, your wizard type, which are the scholars. You got your warriors, that kind of stuff. You know, classic fantasy RPG kind of things. Octopath Traveler 1, I love the game. I love the stories. You had interesting characters. You had some interesting classes. You had Primrose, the dancer who was like sold into sex slavery as a kid and was escaping that. And it was sort of her story of escaping that and sort of like moving on with her life after that, figuring out what she wanted to do kind of thing. So there, but I would say Primrose was the deepest story in number one. It doesn't mean that the stories weren't interesting or they didn't have their own twist or turn, but like plot wise, they were all fairly simple. If that makes sense. These plots are not simple except excluding one. And I have only done through chapter two on two characters and chapter one on most of the other characters. I'm still currently in chapter one of what I've considered the flattest story. So I don't really have a lot of context as to what's sort of happening. But I'm just going to give you a rundown of what I've dealt with with this so far. Okay. So first one I want to talk about, uh, I will say, is probably the most interesting character to most people. Um, because I'm also going to compare this to the first one to give you some sort of context because they all line up. They have the same classes. They're just different people. So like they have an equivalent class in the previous game, but they're not connected in any way. So you have, his name is Temenos and he's the cleric familiar with D and D stuff. You know, cleric, he's the boring healer, right? Um, his motto is I do doubt. He's a religious cleric that is all about doubt. He is about inspiring doubt in people rather than hope. He is a very shady, very interesting cleric. And it is off the bat, very unnerving. He will do stuff like, oh, I guess we have to break into this person's house to figure out what's going on. And they're like, you can't do that. And he's like, oops, just did. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> like he is such a weird character to be a uh he's an inquisitor and so his class is cleric but he, he's an inquisitor and he's called the hound his nickname is the hound because he actually is an investigator for the church and he does inquisitions like he interrogates people is one of his abilities like draws information out of them forcefully like it is a very mm. dark cleric but he's essentially a good guy you just his methods are very gray and he's very much like a detective more than like some goody two-shoes cleric whereas previously the other cleric was literally on a pilgrimage and about healing the people with faith and love like literally that was her story was to do this pilgrimage and then 
this guy was like, no, my mentor was murdered and I'm going to figure out who. And then you kind of find out that there's this like a uh, secret cult that is trying to maybe revive a dead God, a dead evil God. And you're like, holy cow, this is way different than the first one. Yeah. So that's one of them. Uh, then you have Oswald the scholar. Little context before, old scholar. He needed to find a book. He was super evil and powerful, so no one else could use it. Yada, yada. Not super deep in the story. Still interesting. Still enjoyed it. Oswald the scholar. Uh, a much darker mage whose family was murdered by a colleague for greed and power. Literally. He figures out how to enhance magic with math. Like he was applying equations to magic to make it enhanced and better. So he's super good at magic and his colleague gets jealous of him, locks the guy's family in, a, in their house and burns it down. Then frames you okay. and you start in prison and your first two chapters, it, the, the most of the game you play chapter one, you're off on your adventure for him specifically. You have to get through chapter two because chapter one is getting the escape plan and chapter two is escaping prison. <laughs> so very different, like very deep. Uh, of course, this one's all about revenge. That part of it seems kind of, you know, one note afterwards once you get out of prison, but actually playing through the, the prison break and stuff. Oh yeah. And also you're a mage who can't during in the prison, you can't use spells because they, they, uh, they gave you like a man in the iron mask situation where they wired your jaw shut. So you also had to figure out how to unmask yourself so you could use your spells at mm -hmm. one point. Yeah. Uh, Throne, the thief, which the other thief was like, got tricked into doing like steal these three things. You're done. Throne, she's um, basically uh, part of this, this thieving clan called the, uh, Oh, goodness gracious. Um, some sort of snake. I can't remember. Some black snakes or something like that. Giant thieving organization in this town. She she has a collar to, that she can't take off. And the only way she can take it off that signifies that she's basically owned by them, uh, owned by the guild. And her her goal is to get the collar taken off. But like she doesn't like killing people, but she kind of has to because she's like the assassin for the guild. So like her whole thing is she just wants to get out of the life. Um, mm. She really reminds me of black widow, except less emotionless, like a very emotional black widow. She actually has some very, you know, emotional times. Like I don't, I don't know. I just saw a bunch of Avengers stuff recently and black widow came off as very like get business done. She's like, the mm -hmm. opposite. She gets business done, but she does. She has a lot of problems with it. Um, Ochet, the hunter. Um, you're basically an anime cat girl. That's what she is. Okay. She's totally obsessed with meat. And she, uh, she's just interesting because she's super naive and because she's like a beast person she takes a lot of like dialogue literally from humans 
So you get a very like Drax situation of comedy. Sort of like taking mm. things way too literally. Um, she's amusing. Uh, she actually has a really fun banter with Temenos, you know, the cleric. Uh, she's like, why do they call you the hound? Because, you know, she's more familiar with animals. And he, he's like, well, you know, it's a matter of my investigation skills. He's like, I think it's because you have big puppy dog eyes. And he's like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> like, so she's like the comedic relief, which I enjoy. Um, you have like a, uh, the apothecary who she's not really a goody two shoes, but she's trying to help people. So she's trying to heal people from their sickness and stuff, but she has amnesia and it's a good thing. She has amnesia because she's apparently part of some cult that has been poisoning people instead of helping them. Like, and she doesn't have any memory. So she's trying to figure out why the heck these people are like poisoning people and why they think that she's doing that and stuff. Um, I think one of the more interesting ones, his name's Hikari, the warrior. He's a deposed prince uh, who has a brother and his brother was supposed to take the throne. Uh, and his, his, his father was like this warmongering, like we are taking as much land as we can and trying to rule the world kind of thing. But in his older years, he kind of learns the mistake of his ways. And he's like, that's not, that's not how you can live. Like we'll always be at war if we're like that. So kind of learns from his son, which is your character, Hikare to sort of be like, cause he was more in charge of the town than the warring stuff. And he built a community of like friendship and helping people and that kind of stuff. I mean, he was a warrior and stuff, but like, well, your older brother doesn't like that idea. Murders his father, blames you, kicks you out of this kingdom, frames you for the murder. And now you're there to essentially amass armies to take your kingdom back because your brother's dick. So I don't know. I just found these super interesting. The, uh, Particia, the merchant. Uh, most merchants, you would think like, hey, I'm going around. I'm going to make money because I'm super good at selling things. Literally, this guy, I wrote it down, his quote. I, uh, I desire to aid those who suffer from that devil poverty. So he's using his wheeling and dealing skills to sort of get people out of poverty rather than make himself rich. Like he's going around helping people with their lives by making wheeling and dealing and making money. It was a really interesting take because he grew up in poverty and learned how to get out of it through his deal making skills. So he's, his story is about helping people get out of poverty it was a very interesting take for someone who was like a, like a silver tongue merchant. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. I find all these uh, stories super interesting because they took a very different turn very early on. And I, I, I haven't finished any of these stories. I'm not even close. The last one, which I think is the most flat one is Agnia, the dancer. Her mother used to be a star dancer, like a celebrity. She died. She wants to follow in her mom's footsteps. And there's something about her dad sort of like shut off emotionally when that happened. And now her idea is to make people smile and bring hope to them through dancing because she's the dancer. So <laughs> that's the flattest one. see why one. you think that's the most boring one. Yeah, but I'm not done. That's the one I'm not done with chapter one yet. Um, like there hasn't really been the inciting incident for her to leave yet. So there might be more to it. 
But like all of these stories, like I was interested in the first ones, but these ones are far more interesting, I think, in general. And I just like, I really want to see, like, especially Temenos, I want to see where this goes. Like, I, I really like seeing like Goody Two Shoes Cleric being turned on its head where he is not a good guy, but he is on the good side kind of deal, like an anti-hero kind of deal. Yeah, he sounds a little bit like Bigby in The Wolf Among Us, the Fable series. He's the okay. big bad wolf who is the sheriff of oh. Fabletown. Okay. And yeah, so I never... he's like really struggles with the identity of like everybody in Fabletown remembers that like all the bad stuff that the big bad wolf has done, but he's glamored and so he doesn't look like a, doesn't look like a wolf anymore. He looks like a like a handsome Mm-hmm. guy and he's the sheriff and he is the one that is investigating the corruption in fable town and has to kind of like set aside his his bad reputation to get people to believe him and mm. it, it's almost like a reverse boy who cried wolf situation as well because sure. you know he's he's telling everybody about all this bad shit and everyone's like yeah but you yeah you yeah well with this guy no one in the church likes him too so like even though he's right half the time it's like why are you like this like and and people are afraid of him too because he's the inquisitor like he's the yeah he's the guy that exactly how big he is too yeah so it's just like i don't he to me i think him uh the guy he went to prison and the warrior he was deposed I think those are the most interesting three to me. Um, but we'll see. Like I I think right now the the amnesia story with the apothecary, I'm not super into amnesia stories. That happens a lot. It's kind of hard to do in a good way. Um, and yeah, the dancer. Oh, we'll see with the dancer. I don't know. Um, so yeah, so Octopath 2 has been really great so far. Uh, it is shaping up already at the top of my list for games. Uh, and that's just the, the story part I talked about. The mechanics and all that stuff are really great for me, too. I think you guys are going to be more interested in this other game I want to talk about, though. Because it is a wild ride. It is a, what do they call it, a visual novel, right? Called Leap mm-hmm. of Faith. It was on sale. I just looked at it. I was like, sure, why not? I uh, Pan introduced me to that weird one where you were dating a disabled character a long time ago. Like you were at this school for disabled folks and then you were disabled because of a heart condition. And then it was a weird dating sim that was actually really like, I don't know, in depth and focused on a lot of like people issues and was like super down to earth. I was like, Holy cow, this is a good game. This is kind of how this is shaping up to be. And it's, weird because it's played off as this sort of like you're like a party-ish boy 26 year old dude who mm-hmm. has it's like a it, it, I, w- I won't call it a dating sim because it's not labeled as such but essentially you you have a path to date these five different girls through these through different situations um but it's just mostly just a visual novel. It's not really super about the dating as much as just sort of like seeing where the story goes kind of deal. And dating is just part of that. 
Uh, a lot of it deals with like his life and their lives. And you have a best friend that's in the game that you, you, you do. And you're like, you do mostly just dialogue decisions to go through the game. There's not a lot of other mechanics through it. There's a little bit of checking information on your phone that you can look up or take pictures occasionally. Sometimes they'll give you picture opportunities uh, and they'll be like, Hey, she's going to smile. You can take a picture of her face or take a picture of her chest kind of deal. It's like, can you going to be like, are you going to be like a horny dog? Are you going to be like sincere? So they, they, they only really get, they give you stats too. So like you have like, there's like romantic flirty and athletic and they just open up different dialogue choices, essentially. So uh, I will preface this, though, by saying it is entirely in an adult game. There are full-on sex scenes that have no cutting of anything. Like, I did not expect this, but they did say that that was going to happen. And I thought, like, oh, yeah, it'll fade to black or whatever. No, no they do not. They That just... It happens. Um, they actually give you a warning. Of like, if you're not okay with this stuff, you can either skip it or click through it or stuff. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, what's surprising? There's two things about this game that are, a couple things that are really surprising me. And I'm not talking about like the, the relationship Ranji stuff is the music's actually really good, but I came to find out it's actually licensed music a lot of the time. So like, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here like there's they play some good songs, good times. Like at one time I was sitting in the chair like this going along with the music. Like it was like, I know it looked like Numa Numa doing that, but like, <laughs> like it was just I pretty good music stuff. Um, but it's like a crazy story about this dude who his girlfriend two years ago left him without a word and he hasn't dated since. And he just like three days ago got fired from his job. So his friend, which is your, you're playing this specific character that you name. So I just named him Fortuan. And you have your best friend, Chris, who's helping you out. And you're at this restaurant and you're like, Hey, let's go, you know, let's go out tonight. Let's do something. You, you're, you're, you haven't left your house in like three days. Let's just go out and be friends and, you know, like go drink or something. I'm like, okay, cool. This is totally not me. This is totally like party guy frat stuff. I just do not identify with whatever, but you know, whatever I'll, I'll, I'll do the story. And it's just like this whirlwind of meeting different people and getting involved in their lives. And it's really interesting how deep every character is, how much like problems they have and you learn about them and that kind of stuff. And your dialogue actually, Like you can totally play it off as like you're some player asshole that just does things, but you can also just be real honest and genuine with people. And it actually reflects in the dialogue and how they interact with you. And it was actually really cool. And, um, the other surprising thing is, uh, I don't know if the chapters or the story is necessarily dynamic based on your choices or not, because I've only, I'm only in one playthrough right now. And I know that you have options to date or, or even just sleep with other people in the game, but like, I don't know what that affects if there's a main story or not. But, um, one of the characters that, that you are involved with uh, and, and the one that I steered towards a relationship in, in, not on purpose, but in, you know, one of, 
whatever situation I chose that one. Um, has a suicide attempt early in the game and you're like, Oh, okay. So, and they handle it a very respectful way. They talk about, you know, how dangerous it was and that kind of stuff and giving her space. But there's a lot about her mental health in there. And then you get to know her and what's going on with her. And of course, all these other people and long story short, she has a nearly successful suicide attempt that you physically try to stop and that is a very gut-wrenching scene because you totally think... Basically, she jumps off a bridge and you grab her before she falls off. And she's, like, hanging there by your hand. And she's like, don't jump. Like, I love you. You know, that kind of stuff is the character's going. And she's like, I love you too, but I can't do it anymore. And she purposely, like, lets you go and just, like, falls off. And you 100% think she's dead and stuff. And it's just like... Mm. This game was a lot more impactful emotionally than I thought it was going to be. And right before that chapter, right. they have a disclaimer. And what got me is like, of course, I'm a little invested. So I was like, oh, man, this is this is this is rough. What got me is he uh, the developer apparently is one guy or one person. And during this section of the story, there's a specific disclaimer about, hey, this is a this is a rough subject. I'm giving you the option now to skip it all. And I'm and I was like, nah, I can I can handle it. Let's let's go through it. Cut right after she sort of like falls and you no longer see her and you see like your character just like screaming in pain or whatever from the emotion of it. It cuts to a real life picture of a bridge with some flowers on it. And then the developer goes into the story about his, how his own daughter took her life and the stuff that she said to him and led up to it. And I was like, Holy cow. I did not expect this. So I guess I'm, this is speculation here, right? Cause it's, there is definitely dialogue directly from the developer to you as a player in that moment of like what happened. And he does a little of explaining and that kind of thing. Um, but I didn't expect that like that, that hit me pretty hard. Cause I was like, that was a real mm-hmm. thing. And he kind of, it sounds like he wrote this game, this story. Uh, to sort of get through that and kind of stuff. But he also says, I guess he had been talking to his daughter about writing a game or a story or something, because he said her last words to him were, was that's great. You should write a story about that. And this is that story. And I was like, Holy cow. Oh my gosh. Like that happened today while I was playing. I was just like, I was not emotionally prepared for this today. I was just playing a bunch of fun games. Like what's going on? Like, but like, yeah, that it's a crazy game. It was like five bucks called leap of faith. Um, I'm not done with it. I'm not done with my playthrough. Uh, there is still sort of like the aftermath of what's been going on in the story. I have no idea if I like if there's branching paths. Uh, I might go through a playthrough again to see if there are. Um, mm-hmm. 
and and it's it's very weird because like when I think about these sort of like what I quote unquote harem situations where you have a lot of women to pick from, that kind of feel they they kind of feel like they fit some archetypes and it kind of feels very shallow to me. It's what I don't like about like animes that do this a lot. Like I'm I'm sure you see that a lot, Ace, in some anime. I mean it's something I've experienced yeah. in my limited experience watching it. I don't like that. Like, uh, but all of these characters feel like fleshed out people with real problems and the guy, that kind of stuff. And it's just like, I, the, the right. writing in this game is blowing me away. That's what keeps me coming back for it. Cause it's just feels so, I don't know, poignant and real, even though it's just like a literally like it's, it's like, like, uh, the way I would describe the graphics is, just above the uncanny valley of 3d art like just above it like there are some real uncanny valley shots in this game you're like it's supposed to be a human it ain't supposed to be um but like it's just it's a wild it's a wild ride of a game I've only played, I've only sat down and played it through like three sessions, but I'm like 10 hours in. Like it's mm-hmm. two very long sessions uh, that I played. So it's insane. Like I've, I don't know if visual novels were this good, I would have played a lot more of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Uncanny Valley, um, I recently finished watching Andor, finally, and then I went and watched Rogue One after, Mm -hmm. and yeah, the Uncanny Valley that they used to uh, recreate Grand Moff Tarkin was uh, something... (laughs) It was very real. Something to behold. Yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, they could have just recast it. And would have been fine and just named him as someone else. Got a, even close to a look like, but Star Wars and their CGI recreations of people who have passed away are just too much sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they could have just, like you said, cast someone else mm-hmm. or done prosthetic work too, but whatever. Jeez. Uh, and I, oh, so I mentioned a couple movies that I got to watch that um, horror slash comedy. Uh, first one is Cocaine Bear. Uh, I saw that the other day. Uh, did you get to see this yet, Ace? I know you said you were going to. I have not. Um, is it on one of the streaming platforms? Uh, I don't know. I watched it on Voodoo. So gotcha. most everything's on Voodoo so because you can just buy yet. it. I don't know if it's on Hulu or anything like that. Boy, is that a wild ride of a movie. Also, uh, I, that's the movie that I learned that Ray Liotta died because it's dedicated to him at the end of the movie. And it says in oh. loving memory of Ray Liotta. And I was like, he died. Oh my gosh. Last year. Like, I guess it hit news, but I don't pay attention to, to, to news as you guys know. So yeah, he plays a pretty prominent role. This is his, this is last like, movie that he finished he was in the production of another movie when he passed away um but this is the last movie that he finished um 
Also, uh, crap, what's her name? The the writer slash director of this movie. Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, Elizabeth Banks. I was very surprised that she both wrote and directed this movie. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Elizabeth Banks did this? Holy cow. Uh, it's a great movie. You should watch it. It's hilarious. The bear is hilarious. Uh, super gory, though, but I'm sure you'll be fine because you like horror stuff. So it is a bear. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are some really funny scenes where the, the bear gets super high and just straight up addicted to cocaine at this point. Like it is. There's like a scene where it just like it rips off some girl's leg early on in the movie and it's powdered in cocaine as well. And it just like does a line off the leg. Like just the bear just, just hilarious. Um, All right then. The other one is not as good. I'm going to preface it. Not as good. Still funny. Not as good. Which is Benny loves you. Have you guys seen this? Oh, I think heard about it. I think I've seen the poster for it on one of the, Streaming services, I yeah, think, but I haven't watched it yet. Uh, along the lines of Chucky, a toy killing people. Um, the the weird thing is the toy doesn't want to kill him because he was nice to Benny. So Benny loves you because Benny mm-hmm. loves the guy who was taking care of him. But sort of the idea is that if you throw out your childhood toy that you put a lot of love and time into, it will come to life and murder you for your betrayal. And that's kind of the premise of the movie. And uh, they make it very clear that Benny is not the only one this happened to. It is all childhood toys who were thrown away that was a lot of time and love and taken care of. Um, The quality of the movie and the special effects and all sorts of things are not up to par. The acting is not up to par. Like, it is a bad movie. 100%. I still suggest watching it. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, it's not as good as Megan. Nowhere clear, nowhere close to Megan, but it was still a fun time. And anytime I hear that little toy sound of Benny loves you, it kind of makes me laugh now because it's just the, they do very well with the, the, the sound effects of Benny just the, the toy sound effects of his different voice lines for different situations. Cause he's a toy. He can only say certain things. It's like certain ways. And it's really funny. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of action matrix scenes too. They showed him in the trailer. If you've seen the trailer there, there's some of them there where he like jumps over yeah. a flamethrower or something. It's just, it's insane. And it's funny. Um, well, speaking of, bad movies have you seen apparently there's going to be a remake of the room no starring bob odenkirk no and then apparently tommy Wiseau is also coming out with another movie uh, i forget what it was called um uh, and then have you at all heard of the movie the fanatic mm-hmm Starring John Travolta. Nope. I feel like I've mentioned it on the podcast before. Um, if you have, then I, I've heard of it. I just don't remember it. 
you should watch it because you will absolutely remember it. It's one of those so bad it's good movies, I would say. I kind of um, remember you talking about it because just how crazy Travolta was in the movie. I kind of remember you talking about it, but I don't remember. John Travolta plays a, uh, by his performance, it seems, a person who has mental difficulties. Yeah. Has some sort of disability that makes him struggle in social situations. Mm-hmm. Um he lives in, I think, Hollywood area uh, mm-hmm. because he sort of has a job as sort of like a street performer almost, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, but he's obsessed with this uh, one movie star who's played by Devin Sawa of Stan fame or Final Final Destination. Okay. Yep. Right? Yes. Um, and so the whole movie is essentially him, uh, sort of being shunned by this guy or sort of, uh, denied by this guy of like just getting a signature or just like talking to Mm -hmm. him. And the movie is him like essentially trying to form a connection with or like just get the guy to give him a signature or give him like the fan experience and then it evolves from that into I guess sort of pseudo revenge and mm-hmm. it is a wild goofy ass ride I'm sure I'll look into it I'll look, I, I've, I've had a little more time to watch movies lately I've been a Past couple of days, I've been at the house a lot more. So I've watched, like I said, I watched a couple mm-hmm. things. Um, rewatched some Marvel movies, that kind of thing. Like the Iron Man's. Gotcha. I was going to say, are you starting the whole saga over again? No. No, I am not. I can, I, I, I'm, there's no way I'm ever going to be as best invested ever again as I used to be. It's just not happening. I can't believe Sasha doesn't like Spider-Man. Ooh, if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch The Fanatic. I do not, but... I mean, you can't believe that I don't like Marvel Riverdale? Because that's what Spider-Man feels like to me. Especially the Tom Holland, like... What's Riverdale? Riverdale. Betty and Veronica and Archie. Oh. The CW show. Okay. That's just what Spider-Man feels like to me. That's why I'm not into it. You know, like the awkward nerdy kid. I guess I, I di- identify with the awkward nerdy kid a lot, so that's why I like Spider-Man, but... This guy. <laughs> I don't think I've ever yeah. been as smart as Peter Parker's depicted being, but... <laughs> yeah and they're just not for me okay so so what is your superhero of choice my superhero of choice mm. I mean like 
comics wise, I I probably would choose X Men, but the movies are a bit of a disappointment. Mm-hmm. So. Reminds me, I saw a, I saw a TikTok uh, yesterday or the day before of someone going through uh, all the X Men movies. Yeah. Um. And for like. I think it was for X3, um, for X-Men Origins Wolverine. Uh, I think Apocalypse it was called, and then mm-hmm. um, Dark Phoenix or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, they used the Dwayne the Rock Johnson meme. This is the biggest piece of dog shit I've ever seen in my life. Mm. So they just had like that four times. They used... On one of them, I think it was, uh, or no, it wasn't for Logan. It was one of the, I think it was Days of Future Past. They used the Homelander one. The clip of him being like, it was perfect. Everything, down to the last minute detail. And then for uh, Logan, they had like just some guy going crazy. Just be like, let's go. Hmm. None. I... I really like Dark Phoenix, and I'm not talking about the the movie. I'm talking about like the comic lines. Mm-hmm. So, right, like those movies are really disappointing to me. Another one that's a big disappointment to me is Jennifer Garner as Electra. Like the soccer mom is supposed to be this ah. like international assassin. I don't know. The Electra comics comics are so violent and gritty, and I just like. Jennifer Garner is not it. I want to see like Christopher Nolan style Electra movie. Sure. Well, yeah, those those mid two thousands superhero movies were all all pretty hit or miss. Well, you because what it was. You liked the new Batman, they right? Had. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. I did really like the they new were, one. They had, they had Hulk, Daredevil, then they had Electra. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, uh, I liked Hulk. Catwoman with the I like the older Hulk. The really weird scene. The super green Hulk that was throwing tanks at people. I like that Hulk. I'm not gonna be ashamed of that. That's he fine. fights two giant super roided dogs. Yeah, we're good. I like it. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Uh I, I've never been a comic person ever. Like I've ne- I don't like when you when people ask you like what's your su- favorite superhero, I mean I say Spider Man because I do like Spider Man, but I like Spider Man more because of the the cartoons and the movies. I never read the comics. I don't care about the comics that much. Like I don't, I've never cared about superheroes. Like if you were to say like, hey, what's a nerdy thing that you don't care about? It would be comics, like and superheroes. Like those are the the least things that I'm interested in, as far as like I think. Most of my favorite comic characters or superheroes, I have not been satisfied with seeing them on the screen, or they just haven't they haven't made it. Like, I really like Spider Woman. I mm-hmm. like uh, I like Carol Danvers as Miss Marvel. I like Rogue, um, mm-hmm. like Brotherhood of Evil Rogue. Um, I like the Dark Phoenix, but. I'm just not not seeing any of that stuff that I enjoy in movies or TV. 
I mean, I like Captain America from the movies, but that's because he's funny. Like, to me. Like, that's the sort of naive humor at times that he had in the first one and the second one. And I don't know. I like quippy characters. That's why I like Spider-Man and such. I like witticisms, you know, whether they're being a bit mm-hmm. sassy. That's about it. And that's why, like, we talked about earlier, that's why I like Deadpool so much, because he's just so witty and jokey. But other than that, like, mm-hmm. I don't like if there's never another Spider-Man or Marvel movie, I don't think I would be bothered that much. Like, <laughs> even though I like Spider-Man, yeah. I'm not super invested in the, you know, in it. Um, just never have been. So like when the Marvel stuff, like I was interested in the Marvel stuff going up to Endgame and all that. And then Endgame happened. It was like, cool. That was fun. Now I can stop caring. And I stopped caring. <laughs> Like, I, I don't just, think it's it's disappointing with especially the X-Men franchise, because there are some X-Men comic lines that are along the lines of Infinity War. And yeah, it's a bummer, like Age of Apocalypse or to see like House of M or something like that. And they have just fumbled continuously every single time they do an X-Men movie that mm-hmm. they can't build the hype like they have with the other Marvel mm-hmm. movies. Nope. No, no, and that's that's always the 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 problem with adaptation, is that, in some ways, it's just not going to live up to the source material because it can't. It isn't the source material, first of all, and second of all, you know they're going to take a lot of times they're going to take quote unquote safer approaches to stories rather than, you know, what was there a lot of the time. I'm sure. Like, I, you know, I've talked a couple times about I would really love to see the Salvatore series that I really like be made in the movies. But at the same time, I don't because they're just very violent and very graphic series and they're not going to make it R and it's not going to be the same if they don't make it R. Like one of the most famous scenes, quote unquote, for me uh, to depict like it would never happen in a movie is there's this quickling, which is kind of like a pixie that, that doesn't fly. They're just super fast. Uh, that is sort of like not a great guy in one of the stories. Like he's not, he's not evil, but he's not, he's certainly not helpful. And Dritz, the, the protagonist is having a lot of problems. He even gets attacked by this the quickling at one point. So the quickling is aiding this guy. He's trying to hunt down and kill Dritz, this Roddy McGristle character. Who's sort of like this burly, you know, like macho woodsman guy who is on his racism, just wanting to kill Dritz because dark elves are evil, you know, from a racist point of view. And the quickling does something that the Roddy doesn't like. So Roddy, uh, tricks the quickling and rams him into a shovel. Like basically does a thing where the quickling runs into a Like you step on a shovel and hits you in the face. Right. So he sets it up. So the quickling runs on a shovel knocks himself out. He stuffs the quickling in a bag and the quickling's like, Oh no, what are you going to do? And then he literally just smacks him against a stone wall until he dies. And it just becomes oh, a like uh, bloody Friday pole. the 13th. With yes. The, the sleeping bag. Yes. He's sleeping bag Friday the 13th, the quickling to the wall until it's a bloody pulp. And you're not going to see that 
not in an R-rated I mean, film. I think, I think sometimes it's better not to get like that graphic with stuff because, like Game of Thrones, the books are really graphic, and not just with violence, but like sexual violence. Oh yeah, all kinds of stuff, and like specifically what Ramsey, Ramsey Snow does to Theon Greyjoy in the shows mm-hmm. you know like it's implied that he castrates him and he do, you know does a couple of other things to him but like what he does in the books is so much worse and it's so much more graphic and I am so thankful that I didn't get to see that on screen mm-hmm. okay sure but and not just that but like what he does to Sansa super thankful yeah. I didn't get to see any of that on screen. No, and I agree to to a degree, but I don't think so like that is probably the beating him against a wall. I don't think that's super over the top. I mean, yeah, you literally did that in Friday the 13th, right? I forgot about that cuz I'm not a horror fan, but like that, you know, like but there are things that happen that I don't think would happen. So there's this point where Drit's sister comes on to him in a very sexual way. I don't think they would want to put that in a theater, but that's actually House of the Dragon. Yeah, it'll happen. House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon is an HBO (laughs) show, not a movie. There's a difference. HBO show goes a lot higher than a movie will. That's why I feel like we would see it. I think we would see it. Now he doesn't do anything about it, and you there isn't a scene, but like it's it's very, I don't know important to Dritz's character building that moment because he's like you're serious what am i doing here what is happening like it, it's very it's very much his initial that's it's his last straw to rejecting his own culture and running away and he, like he was and sort we would of see it yeah you would have to see it like you would have to see that scene and what's going on and it is not a great scene like as far as like I would think, but my brain is thinking like movies, right? Cause the, the, they've been talking about movie talk. So if it's an HBO show, I think it would do better because HBO shows are not afraid of showing that kind of stuff. And you're right. Like, you know, they, they're allowed to get through with more, even though even more was not as graphic as the song of fire and ice books, but you know, here we are. I don't, I don't know. So I, I, I always worry, like, even though I would love to see, depictions of what those things are i'm always afraid that they will tone it down or change it in some way to fit what they feel would hit a broader audience another thing is if you want to stay true to what it's like in the books the first three quote-unquote stories are an entire pitch blackness there is no light where they are they are beings that see through infrared vision (laughs) so it just sounds like it would just be an hbo thing because hbo makes all their shit real dark too so (laughs) now they'd probably do like i mean like a cool thing at the beginning to show or like if there's parts where it mean you know it it it, because it'd be very tiring to watch everything in infrared the whole time like my goodness but there but it is i mean it does matter at points because they can see people's footsteps and stuff left on the cold stone and that kind of stuff like it's yeah i don't i don't know maybe you would do it at some i mean points. the last of us showed that you can have a zombie apocalypse at night and be able to see shit yeah but they probably made it able to see 
I don't know. I didn't watch it, so I don't. I, don't. I mean, like most of the episodes weren't even about the infected anyway. So. Yeah, but uh, I mean, <sighs> at least the night scene that they had, you could actually like see and tell what was going on and where people were, as opposed to uh, the infamous Winterfell battle with the White Walkers. There's there's a, a one or two House of the Dragon episodes that were real dark too, like that beach scene mm-hmm. at the funeral. Ooh. <laughs> Like we knew what yeah. was going on, but yeah, they didn't want to didn't How want you to the, see all of it. What the end of the season, though? I'm still shook by Vagar. No context. Just chomping down. Okay, like I read the books, so I'm I'm like fully prepared for the trauma of the next season. Yeah, you talked about that. I remember. It's yeah, it's gonna be upsetting. Vagar, what Vagar does is just like nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I am. Oh, I know. I'm not. Uh, there's like one specific scene in in the House of the Dragon, or what is the book called? Fire and Blood. That it's like near the end of one of the dragons' lives, and it's so graphic and really upsetting and i am i don't want it i don't want to watch it fair enough all right fair enough yeah i was just i don't know i'm just always afraid that they're going to cut stuff out and i just don't yeah i just don't want to see things change you know what i mean like i want to see the story that i think it was meant to be written and not the way that they're going to interpret it which is my biggest and still big reason why I don't like don't like the idea of watching Ready Player One. We've been over this because like I read the books and I know that just visually the changes are not there and the setting is different and you know like there's all sorts of things that are just changed to be more palatable and I'm just not I'm not behind it. Fair enough. So I just don't want to see that happen in some of my favorite series. Although I do want to see Hard Luck Hank on the big screen. And it's kind of hard to fuck that up because it's just funny. So unless they don't make it a comedy they make it like some, you know, it needs to be like, it needs to be like, uh, like a, like just a more comedy version of fifth element. That's what it needs to be. Cause <laughs> that, that level of sci-fi, that's what Hard Luck Hank needs to be. Um, mm-hmm. so next week, uh, Ace, I think it's your turn to, to, uh, figure out what we're doing. You don't have to do it the second. Don't worry. We'll, we'll figure it out between. Um, we'll see. <laughs> yes, we'll see. And then, uh, Sasha will be her turn to do something and then we'll be back to me. And I think when we come back to me, I think we're going to have you do the, uh, more monster hunter guessing thing. Okay. Because we still got a ways to go. We still got a ways to go on that, and it's been a little bit. Not too long. It hasn't been too long. It's not been as long since our break between the last time we doing it and the time before, but I, uh, I I quite enjoy doing the Monster Hunter guessing thing. It's fun. I like doing games on here. Like, I really like the Jeopardy one. I think the Jeopardy one last week was really good, Tasha, still. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uh, my friend Jared wants to uh, watch it instead of listen to it, so he's been 
holding off, but he's been very busy. He's been my uh, great source of feedback <laughs> lately. So, gotcha. Um, so, anything else you guys want to talk about? I know I ranted about a lot of stuff today, but I had a lot to say, especially Cleva Faith. I'm okay. I'm good. Okay. Um, so, thanks everyone for watching and listening. Um, next week, we'll we'll find something else to talk about, and uh, I'm sure we'll get it figured out sometime soon, or or the day before. Who knows? I mean, I I wasn't super uh, early on my topic this time because I <laughs> was trying to think of it. So. And even then I stumped myself, like I said. Um, so, uh, again, thanks. Uh, if you guys want to follow the podcast, uh, it's at hundreds of pod on Twitter and Twitch and at ace badger gaming. If you want to follow ace and then the discord, if you want to follow, we'll talk to Sasha and, and the rest of us. And, you know, we talk in there sometimes we've been talking a little bit lately. Um, I don't know. I don't know, I might put some Leap of Faith stuff in there, but I'm a little gun-shy because it can get pretty graphic at times. They're 100% full nakedness of both guy and girl, and I'm not taking a screenshot of that and putting it up there. But there's some funny scenes, too. So maybe maybe might see some stuff. Well, uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. See you later. Bye.